Welcome back, South Carolina. I'm your host, Brandon Peak, and this is Podcast 1854. Welcome back, South Carolina, to another episode of Podcast 1854. Today, we're joined by Representative R.J. May out of District 88. He's also the Vice Chair of the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. Representative May. Brandon, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, man, thank you for joining us. So how's, how's everything been going? It's busy. You know, it's been a, um, uh, a action packed first month of session. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's been some big news some big bills that come across, uh, in particular, uh, the, the South Carolina freedom caucus members of, of that caucus have been kicked out of the, uh, establishment Republican caucus in the house. Um, and we are, um, we're fighting every day to, to better legislation, to make South Carolina, uh, a more accountable state, a more transparent state, uh, and to protect the the freedoms and rights that are guaranteed in our Constitution. That's right, and that has actually made national attention. It has. I mean, everybody from uh, Glenn Beck, the New York Times, Fox News, um, uh, national conservative political pundits uh, have have voiced their opposition uh, yeah. to to the pledge. Uh, I take that back. The the one. The one folks that have uh, are the one outlet that has uh, praised the loyalty pledge being pushed by the uh, the moderate caucus uh, has been the New York Times. So when you're on the opposite side of the New York Times, like we are, I think we're we're over the target and we're doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly right there. And so, if you don't mind, could we talk a little about that that loyalty oath and how a- how it came about and in, in your perspective on it? Yeah, so the uh, House Republican Caucus, um, which is a a group of supposed to be a group of all the Republicans in the House, mm-hmm. um, had a recent rules change uh, that, for the first time ever in its history, required a a loyalty oath um, and required a signature uh, on your word on your uh, sacred honor that you would comply with, adhere to, and abide by all the rules uh, of the caucus. Some of those rules we obviously agreed with, right? Mm-hmm. Treat each other with respect and decorum, uh, wear a shirt and tie, things like that. Yeah. The rule that was particularly egregious, though, was uh, it did what wo- most of my fear, most of my constituents fear, and what I think most South Carolinians fear, and it codified into Republican caucus rules the existence of the good old boy network. Mm. It said that no member of caucus shall campaign in any form against another member of caucus. Uh, and they defined it as broad as they could, any form, any form, any form. Yeah, no I've definition of it. Activities. Well, that's the thing. That, right? it, it would be whatever the body said was campaign activity would be campaign activity. So we were particularly uh, concerned because that definition there was no definition to it. It wasn't defined yeah. what campaign activity was. When we asked about it, we had a number of examples. Uh, we were told that posting pictures of the public voting board might be a campaign activity. Putting up amendments that other folks disagreed with might be campaign activity. Hmm. Uh, if your brother was running for house, you couldn't support your brother because that would be campaign activity against another member. Uh, and, and like I said, it, it codified into Republican caucus rules uh, the good old boy system. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah. Right. Um, my my constituents did not elect me to be part of a uh, incumbent protection racket. That's right. Um, they they wanted me to seek like-minded conservative individuals, which I have, hence the the Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. uh, to pass conservative legislation that that better reflects what what they want, my constituents want, but also reflects 
what candidates for office promise on the campaign trail. Yeah. So we said we're not gonna we're not gonna sign that. But if you want to make the rules, say no member shall campaign for profit, and uh, get rid of the unprecedented signature block, um, we can live with that. Uh, and so far, they have refused to do that. So, so really, and when I saw the the three pages, section sixteen is really that. That's what pretty much everyone is is kind of fired up about. That's right? correct. Section sixteen. Yep. And. You know, I can understand, and, and I even said this um, January the 25th on an episode with myself, um, you know, my take when I read the first part about treating others with respect, that, that should be a given. Correct. You know what I mean? So that's, that, that's different. But when you're taking away people's freedom, democracy, like that's, it, it's like you're putting a muzzle on them. You're shackling them down and say, no, you can't do this. You can't do this. Well, that is exactly what it is. It, it is a, it was an attempt to muzzle the more conservative ring, wing of the Republican caucus mm-hmm. uh, to fall in line with whatever uh, the moderates and, and leadership wanted. And that's just something we weren't going to accept. Yeah. And, and thank you guys for taking a stand on that. I appreciate it. You know, because I know it's it, it's not the easiest thing to do when you have people coming at you like that, but yet... Again, that's what makes true leaders right there. You, you're, you're not going with the status quo because when you see something, you need to object it. Well, what has the status quo gotten us, right? We've had 20 plus years of Republican leadership in South Carolina. Um, we are near last in education. Yeah. We still have well, one of the most. Like 46? Depending on who you're looking at, it's somewhere between 46 and 50. Um, you know, so near dead last in education, still one of the highest and most complicated uh, uh, state tax systems in the Southeast, mm-hmm. uh, a judicial system that is inherently corrupt uh, and doesn't dole out appropriate justice. Oh, I, I, I can contest that for sure. Like that, that's 100%. Yeah. Uh, no school choice. Um, you know, the American Conservative Union, which puts on CPAC every year, mm-hmm. the, the, the largest gathering of conservatives in the nation, uh, they put out a scorecard every year, and South Carolina consistently ranks the most liberal, Republican-controlled state legislature in all of America. Uh, we've actually got divided governments that rank higher than South Carolina does on that list. Oh, wow. So we're behind uh, every other Republican-controlled legislature. We're behind some div- divided governments. You know, mm-hmm. these these states have passed constitutional carry. They've passed school choice. Uh, you know, they, they have no income tax. Mm-hmm. South Carolina's lagging on all of that. Um, because the ruling coalition in Columbia is – uh, liberal Democrats and mm-hmm. extreme moderate Republicans. Yeah, it's not conservatives, and and that's just it. You know, that's that's where the problem or where I see the threat to them at is now we have like-minded individuals, conser- true conservatives, coming in Republicans, and they're questioning. You know, hey, why why is this done like this, right. or, or or that's not right? You know, we're not just going to hush and sit down and and hit yes because you say so. We're going to question that. And so with the new people, the freshmen coming in, there's there's some faces. And again, these guys are and gals like they're they're checking. It's, it's like a checkbook. Hey, you know, it's, it's check and balance, check and balance, check and balance. Some of those folks don't want to be checked. They haven't been. And now they're getting checked. So it's like, what can we do to end that? We can sign a loyalty oath. Right. You know, like this isn't, you know. Uh, communist Russia, you know, it's like Stalin or, 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 or China. This is America. We have democracy. 
right? We, we have a system in place. And so that good old boy system, look where it's gotten us. The examples that you just laid out right there. Hey, it's, it, it's, it's good for the people who are in the good old boy system. It's bad for everybody else. It is. It um, is. And, and I wasn't going to partake in it. My constituents don't want me to partake in it. Uh, they expect us to, to be fighters in Columbia, mm-hmm. be fighters for their interest. They expect us to live up to the, the promises we've made on the campaign trail. Mm-hmm. And that uh, very rarely happens in Columbia. And when you have someone uh, or, or a group of people that go to Columbia and do what they actually said they were going to do on the campaign trail, mm-hmm. people lose their minds. Um, so you look at the Freedom Caucus, and all of us said we believe life begins at conception. Amen. To all that. of us said that we want to cut the, the size and scope of government. All of us said that we want to ban critical race theory. All of us said that we want to, uh, you know, pass constitutional carry. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to Columbia and you advocate for that stuff, you you get looked at like, what are you doing? How you, how, how dare you do that? that that's that's right. not how we do it here. You can look at the abortion debate as an example. Uh, some of the members that were pushing the hardest to, to maintain some period of on-demand abortion in South Carolina had on their websites as they were advocating for some period of abortion on demand that life begins at conception. Yeah. If you have on your website, life begins at conception and then you vote not for life to begin at conception, Mm -hmm. you should get called out on that. Very much so because you, you literally ran on that and then you're not doing it. You're doing the opposite. So not only did you lie to your constituents, but you lied. I mean, your party, I don't, I don't get that, RJ. Yeah. And people know that. And this is my thing with, with with abortion. This is my thing, and I've always been this way. If I think, in my opinion, women have way more choices than men when it comes to stuff like that. You know, they they have the choice to not go and sleep with people. They have the choice of using a condom. They have a choice of using birth control. IED, I think it's the name, the little thing that goes in your arm. I mean, there's multiple choices to prevent pregnancy, right? Not abortion. So there's a difference. If you go out to a club and you get whatever and you go and you have unprotected sex and you find out you're pregnant, now you go and you abort a baby because you, as in the the, the female, made the decision to sleep with someone unprotected or didn't take the precaution of birth control and other things. Right. And that's not, that's not fair. That's not right. And well, it, it, it obviously takes two to tango, right? It, it does. So, it does. But um, a, a man only has two choices and that's condom on or condom off. And I hate to be, I hate to be blunt like that. Like when I say that, so when you guys like, when you hear that, there's only two choices we have. Because I know I've spoken to fathers, well, fathers that were to be, and they're, you know, when they found out their either their ex girlfriend or or whatever was pregnant, they did not have a say so in whether that child was aborted. To me, that's wrong because they, let's just say they had the baby. Guess what? Child support, boom, that's right. done. You know, they have to pay that. So. Again, that's another choice for the woman to have. You have child support, you have this, you have that. So there's there's so many choices they can make. But killing a child, and that's what it is. I don't care how anyone looks at it. They can say, oh, it's a fetus. It's not. It's it it is a living human being. Period. Period. It's 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 a way of life. I mean, that's that's it. To go and kill something like that. 
I just don't see how anyone can rectify that or even justify. I don't care that I've heard so many arguments. And once you lay out the facts and statistics, they just go and then they come off and say, oh, well, you know, you're a bigot or you're a racist or you're this and you're that. And it's just like, look, we've heard that before because you have you can't reply to what I just told you. So the only thing you have to do now is start hurling insults. And it's a shame, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't be allowed. Well, look, you're absolutely right that there are are plenty of forms of contraceptive, whether whether that's uh, uh, the birth control pill, IUDs, whatever it may be. Uh, but there is a choice whether or not to to engage in sexual behavior. Mm -hmm. a, a choice that need that is made by both. Yep. Uh, a choice that probably should be within the bounds of marriage. Uh, there but, you go. But if we if we get all past that point we get to the point where uh, there is a child who has been conceived uh, either you believe life begins at conception or you do not and if you believe life begins at conception and you tell your voters that life begins at conception and that you'll fight for life to begin at conception and you're 100% pro-life then you at least owe it to your voters to vote that way that's right um, and if not your voters need to know mm -hmm. um and that's a number of different issues, whether it's constitutional carry. Anything. Anything. Yeah, anything. And I agree. Yeah. That's why I'm in favor of posting the scoreboard. Right. You know, I call it a scoreboard, you know, but whenever y'all vote and you see who votes yay or nay, that is vital because, again, social media, hey, there it is. Put it out there. Let them see who done it. And then now the... the, the would it be classified as the establishment or, or, or just the good old boy system or, or whatever, you know, the majority leader, they want to eliminate all that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, that was one of the things that, that was given to us as an example of what might be campaign activity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and quite frankly, anything could be campaign activity if, if the caucus decides that it was. We've, we've seen rules weaponized before against members. Mm -hmm. It is not beyond the realm of uh, possibility that rules would be weaponized again. Um, uh, but the thing is, is, is when I post a picture of the board or, or any member post a picture of the board, uh, that vote is seen a lot more than uh, making constituents go to the website, mm -hmm. search for a vote, That's bring right. it up, blah, That's blah, right. blah. Uh, we, we consume our information uh, a lot these days through our social media channels. That's a fact. So the exposure of a, of a vote on a, on a social media page gets seen a lot more often than someone having to take the initiative. First off, you might not know what's being debated mm -hmm. on the house floor. You might know, not know an amendment that comes up. The news might not cover it, etc. So if your representative says, Hey, here's what's going on. Here's the vote. And here's how it broke down. Again, that, that, that vote is viewed a lot more on social media than it is you having to go search it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons that they uh, hope to to tamp that down, um, just because of the ease of access of information. You know, mm -hmm. they say, "Oh no, it's public; it's online." It is, but but it's not easily accessible. It is not served to you, um, which it should be. You know, it, if you're scrolling on Facebook and you see a vote, you're going to see that vote. Probably, you're not going to go look for it on the zone. Let's put it like that. You see it yeah. on 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 Facebook or Twitter or whatever it may be. Uh, so there's an ease of access of information there, but uh, you know. Again, it, it was to whatever the caucus said it was going to be, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and folks say, no, 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 it, it, that didn't include voting on the board. Well, some members of caucus thought it was, yeah. right? Some members thought it was putting up amendments. Some members thought it would be whatever. So if you can't define that term, then then it could be anything underneath the sun. Exactly. But again, we, we've we've negotiated in good faith. Um, we've, we've tried to get to a resolution. And time and time again, we were told, 
no, this is it. Um, wow. So we're at a caucus. Yeah, that's and and so it's what nineteen or twenty members. Yeah, so there's there's sixteen of us that have been removed from caucus. Um, sixteen and of us that have Republican caucus have been kicked out of the the I like to call it the moderate caucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixteen of us that have been kicked out of the moderate caucus, uh, and uh, in the Freedom Caucus we have twenty members. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a couple of members that signed, um, but. Uh, you know, they, they have been the loudest voices in the room uh, attempting to change the rules. Mm-hmm. They have been fighting for us inside caucus. Um, and we appreciate their voice in there. Uh, you know, we, the Freedom Caucus does not kick out a member because mm-hmm. they signed or, or we don't kick out a member because uh, they're not loyal to another member of the Freedom Caucus, right? Our, our loyalty lies uh, with the Constitution and our constituents. There you go. Right? That's so. Right. You know, people have asked us, they said, well, why don't you publish your rules? Well, our rules are the Constitution and the Republican Party platform and, the, Bi- and, and the Bible, yes, right? Like, like th- those, those are our rules, and That's you can true. go read them. Yep. Um, uh, our rules are not to, 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 to protect each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and quite frankly, I think our, cons- uh, our members of the Freedom Caucus keep each other accountable, right? When a member of the Freedom Caucus is looking at an issue uh, w- which – might not be through the most conservative lens. Mm-hmm. We have a respectful conversation of, you know, have you thought about this? And and this is what the constitution says, or this is the, you know, the Federalist papers touches on this about X, Y, and Z. Uh, and we have a, a dialogue between each other. And even if at the end, we're not all on the same page, we don't scorn them. We don't pressure them. We, we say, Hey, we've had a respectful dialogue. You're coming out from a different angle than I am. So be it you know, we're still friends. Yeah. Whereas I think in, in, in other caucuses, uh, in the, in the state house, it, uh, they try to put a tremendous amount of social pressure to mm. get you to change to one place or another. Uh, and, and often that used to mean, uh, attempting to get you to cave to, to water down or to moderate your position on a topic. Yeah. Um, and not because it was the right policy position, but because uh, for the good, and I say that in air quotes, uh, of everybody in that room. Yeah. Um, and, and that was often false, right? We we would say, uh, or they would want you to say, hey, I'm not going to put up Amendment X, which would mean greater freedom for my constituents because it might hurt member Y later down the road. So the idea was you were supposed to care more peop- care more about the people in the good old boy club than you were supposed to about people at home uh, and totally opposite of the way it should be. Very opposite. Yeah. That sounds like, sounds like Fairfield, you know, we're dealing with, with so many issues right now and it's because it's literally for generations. It's been, it's been uh, controlled by certain family members right? and that's because their generational wealth you know, and uh, McMaster, matter of fact, his family, they that's where they come from. Um, you know, the our longest serving mayor was Quay McMaster. Um, but it's all about that good old boy system. And the moment like there'll be people, uh, or there's people that that they'll get on social media, talk this, talk that. But when the powers to be, the leaders, they say, Well, it's it's that's not our fault, and it's like, Well, well, you're you. You're in charge. Councilmen, councilwomen, mayor, town officials, town managers, whatever or whoever it may be. And 
they don't like to be opposed because if you do that, then you're coming in and you're disrupting what they're doing. Right. They don't like that. And they try to paint you as the bad guy, you know, and I, you know, I ruffle feathers all the time up there. I really do. But I do it because of my community, my people, the people that are suffering, the elders that are on fixed income and things like that. And they get a power bill for 66 days, 70 days. It's like they they know that they have to put back certain money, but you and I both know that accidents happen. So sometimes when you get a bill, you pay it right away. Don't say, oh, well, I'm going to pay it next Friday when that right. check. No, you pay it as soon as it's due because you never know. You could have a tire blow out. Your engine could go college, whatever it may be. And uh, it's just it, it's all it's been controlled by a good old boy system. And now. Our county is in the negative. We had some of the most shadiest stuff go down. I mean, we've had checks written to silence people. It's just, and how it hasn't been ethic violations, charges being filed, it's just, it's insane. But they don't want you to question it, but they're constantly saying, well, it's not our fault. It's their fault. It's just like, no. Like, what are you doing? Well, when you when you go to question it, they try to marginalize you, you know. That's the truth, uh, yeah. They, they try to spin a narrative when you when you're catching flack, you're over the target, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and right now, the Freedom Caucus is catching flack from uh, not only the extreme moderates, uh, but also from the Democrats. So I know we're doing something right. That, exactly. You know, and I have never seen the Republican Caucus uh, Twitter as active uh, as it has been here lately since the formation <laughs> of the Freedom Caucus. And and they've attacked the Freedom Caucus a number of times uh, on on their Twitter. Um, I have never seen the Republican Caucus. Uh, attack Democrats from their Twitter feed. Oh wow! Uh, but here they are attacking attacking the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. Uh, so you know we we are over the target. We we hope to change the status quo. We hope to change the the culture in Colombia. Mm-hmm. It needs um, it. It yeah, needs very it. much so. It needs it. Uh, and you know we'll we'll see what happens as we move forward. Yeah. So, what do you think would be some of I would say your biggest battles with that? Like what would be if if you had three to five that you would say, hey, this is going to be our hardest, you know, our, our hardest battles to fight right here to get this straightened out? Because I don't think Davey Hyatt, he's the majority leader, correct? Yes. All right. So him, because I, I posted him, Wes and Pope, I believe, you know, and I told everyone to contact them and express their opinion. There's a petition going out, you know, to, to reinstate the members that were kicked out because first off, that's a disgrace. Like that is a disgrace. You know, you guys, uh, again, it goes back to the Republican creed. We all, we, as conservatives, you know, the Bible, like you said right here, you know, this will teach you how to live a conservative lifestyle. I tell people all the time, you know, what's conservative, read the Bible. And, right. and you'll find that out, you know, and that's my opinion. So, you know, people can take it, use it how you want. But that's just that's that that's a great place to start. But um, what what would you say would be your hardest battles to 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 defeat that? Well, one of the things is uh, judicial reform, I mm-hmm. think, is going to be a, a big battle. Uh, and, and I do think that will change the culture in Colombia, because right now you have lawyer legislators who are voting on the very judges in which they then go and argue cases in front of. Um, should that not be a conflict of interest? One would think, uh, one would think, but, but it is not, you know, our, the judicial merit selection committee, uh, is not the most transparent of processes. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that needs to change. You know, I, I prefer the uh, federal model of uh, gubernatorial appointment with advice and consent of either the Senate or the General Assembly as a whole. Hey, there you go. Um, I, I think part of part of the reason I, I got elected is because my constituents thought that I would advocate and vote for conservative judges. But, uh, you know, the JMSC will uh, not screen all qualified candidates out or they'll find candidates unqualified that they very recently found qualified for a different position. Um, uh, so I, I do think our whole judicial system needs to be reformed in, in a way that is more transparent. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so I think that's going to be a big fight coming up. You know, we've got ESAs, uh, education savings accounts, I believe, coming up yes. next week. Uh, that'll probably be a big fight. But as far as changing the culture, um, I think the, the biggest impediment to that uh, is just the the way that members have been conditioned ever since they've been there, right? We've got people who've been there for 20, 30 years who, who know no different than the way it's always been. Mm -hmm. So you need new blood. You do. You need you do. Times new freshmen. Change. Right? Change, that's right. We've got a number of freshmen in the Freedom Caucus this year, seven, I think, if I'm not mistaken, who uh, who know how government's supposed to operate. Mm -hmm. And when they get into Columbia, they realize that's not the way that government does operate. Um, and I bet that's a total shock. It is, very much so. Uh, uh, and pulling those folks over to our side who, who realize that, you know, this is this is not the way that our forefathers intended government to operate. That's right. And some of that might happen at the ballot box, right? Mm -hmm. Um uh, you know, I assume there'll be a number of retirements this year. Uh, I assume like uh, last year, there'll be a number of Freedom Caucus folks running, mm -hmm. people who publicly say that they want to be part of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, and as our, our numbers grow, I think the, the culture in Columbia changes. Real quick, since you said that right there, because I, you know, I had a, I had a representative on, um, I think a week or so ago, uh, Representative Matthew Lieber, and I, I didn't get a chance to ask, but I know, you know, he touched on the Freedom Caucus or whatnot, and we talked about the loyalty oath. So to clarify, how does one become a member of the Freedom Caucus? Because I think that it was misrepresented. And if you could, you know, your your position, if you could explain to everyone how how does that take place? So first off, not everyone is invited. Mm -hmm. um, nor, nor does everybody want to join, mm -hmm. right? Um, it, it is a, it is a mutual street. Mm -hmm. Uh, so not only do you have to, to come to us and show us that, um, you're, you're a fighter, mm -hmm. you're, you're willing to take hard votes and hard stands, uh, and, and vote with your constituents and your constitution at, at the forefront. Uh, but we also have to invite you. Um, so it, it is not as, Hey, I want to join. Okay. Come on. Nor is it, Hey, we want you to join, come with us. It, it's definitely a, a two way street. So for example, um, a, a number of freshmen campaigned as wanting to be part of the freedom caucus. Mm -hmm. Uh, we learned that we, we realized that we listened to what they said. We saw them on the campaign trail. We had a number of meetings with them to make sure that their, uh, uh, philosophy, uh, gelled with ours mm -hmm. to make sure that they were constitutional conservatives. Uh, and that they weren't just saying something to get elected. Because a lot of times, people say one thing on the campaign trail and vote another way in Columbia. Exactly right. Happens time and time again. Yep. If, if, everybody camp, uh, if everybody governed like they uh, on the promises that they made on the campaign yeah, like trail, the campaign, yeah. uh, South Carolina would be a, a much better state. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes, shockingly, uh, newsflash, say one thing at home and vote the other way in Columbia. So it, it, it's, a, it's a mutual 
it's a mutual street on how to get involved with the Freedom Caucus. Uh, of course, we have transitional members the first year mm-hmm. to, to ensure that they uh, do live up to their conservative billing. Um, all, all our full members have a voting record of at least uh, a year okay. you know, that, that they'll take those stances. You know, we've got allies, too, in the House that will, will vote with us, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't necessarily want to engage in the fight. Okay. And that's okay. Not everybody wants to wants to engage in the fight. Not everybody wants to, to uh, you know, sue school districts for teaching CRT. Yeah. Not everybody wants to blast uh, MUSC for operating a uh, pediatric, uh, a child transgender clinic, right? So Yeah, and kudos for you guys, because did y'all not out of session, the Freedom Caucus was able, was it Lexington? So we, so we sued a number of school districts for teaching uh, critical race theory derived ideas. No, I'm talking about um, with, with, with the. So that was the MUSC uh, Childhood Transgender Clinic. So okay. the Medical University of South Carolina was providing uh, life changing uh, puberty blockers, hormone suppression, et cetera, to children as young as four. Uh, and, and while at a session, we uh, made a, a FOIA uh, mm-hmm. request um, to seek more information was able to gin up some um, statewide and national media coverage of it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they shortly thereafter stated that they were no longer going to providing that type of, uh, uh, I even hesitate to call it care, but no longer providing that that type of um, options for yeah. children as young as four. That's, so we were, we were able to, to shut down the uh, childhood uh, pediatric clinic. That's awesome, man. That that is, and, and and thank you guys for that. And so, to my listeners, like I, I had it mistaken. I thought it was Lexington, you know, down in Lexington. So, so Lexington Medical, as as far as I'm aware, is not providing uh, those type of treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, MUSC is is funded in in large part by taxpayers. Yeah. So so we have. Uh, uh, we have a, a different legislative purview over right. MUSC than we do private hospitals. Yep. Um, but yeah, so not everybody wants to fight. Uh, some people just, just want to vote the right way, and that's okay. Uh, those are our allies. Uh, there are other people that are just patently hostile against us. So uh, to, to become a Freedom Caucus member, not only do you have to show a willingness, but you have to be invited. Um, and uh, Representative Lieber um, uh, was not invited to join the Freedom Caucus. Okay, so he's not a member of the Freedom Caucus. He is Caucus. not, no. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, all right. So that, that, that clears that up, you know, um, yeah. But I sat there, and with with everything else, where do you see South Carolina? I mean, I was talking the other night about 100 years from now, but let's just say 10 years from now. Where do you see our state if we keep heading in the direction that we are currently in now? Not good. Um, you know, we, we might take a little, a little rock hammer here and there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but I think we want to bring the sledgehammer, right? We need it. We do. Yeah. Um, I, I think we would, if we're, if we're going the direction we're going, we're going to still be the most liberal Republican controlled legislature in all of America. You know, our, our people are conservative, our elected officials for the most part are not, uh, that needs to change. Um, and if we do change it in 10 years, I think we can have one of the freest states in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we can be the free state of Florida, right? We can, we can be, um, we can model ourselves after some of these states who have already done constitutional carry, who have already, uh, eliminated their state income tax states that have fully funded ESAs or some sort of, uh, school choice program, school freedom program, mm-hmm. right? As a parent, you know, the best wants, needs, and abilities 
uh, of your child That's right. and, and where they're going to thrive as a student. Yep. And that money should follow your child to a learning environment of your, of your choosing. I, I don't agree. care if it's public, private, single gender, Montessori, homeschool. I, I don't care. Yeah. You know better than any unelected government bureaucrat. You know better than any state representative or state senator what your child needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and school choice, school freedom should be open to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, right now we're debating a bill or we'll soon be debating a bill in the house that plays around at the edges, right? Mm-hmm. 5,000 person the first year, 10,000 the next, uh, a cap on income. Um, uh, and, and what we're saying with that bill is if you are rich, you can already send your kids to private school. No problem. Yeah. If you're, uh, lower, um, and a lower economic status, we're going to allow you to take advantage of this program. But hey, guess what? Everybody in the middle, middle America, middle of South Carolina, you've got to you got to stay in your failing school district. Wow. Uh, and and I'm not about that, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think I should I think we should open up that program to anybody and everybody who wants to take advantage of it because competition uh, breeds success, and it, it doesn't does. matter if it's in the private sector or if yep. in the education sector. If we can, uh, if we can introduce. Um, competition to to our education um uh arena then we'll we'll see better outcomes for all of our students no matter where they go to school yeah i agree with that and i mean i have i have three that's homeschooled you know my oldest is in college but my son he went to kindergarten for maybe three months four months at the most and and that was and that was it and then he's he's been homeschooled ever since and he'll be 15 Right. You know, this year. So, well, I mean, another reason fantastic. is look at what our schools are teaching. Exactly right. right. We are in control and, and we are with the South Carolina Connections Academy, but we are in control of what we do. Field trips we take, you know, whatever. We, we're in control of that. And it's it's great. But we also have to that comes out of our pocket. You know, we, we pay for that. Like we don't have we don't get no help with none of that. And so. With the school choice, just like you said, I mean, you should, you know, as a parent, what is best for your child, Right. you know, while my son was homeschooled, my baby girl and my middle daughter, they were, they were still in school. And then when, you know, uh, prior to COVID, my, my second daughter, she got out, you know, and she, she started homeschool. And then when COVID came, you know, obviously they shut the schools down and did all that stuff. And, um, you know, my baby girl had to do her online thing. And then after that, she was like, yeah, dad, like, I don't want, you know, I don't want to go back there. Right. And it's just like, well, hey, and I, and I couldn't blame her because when you walk in that place, it was definitely, you could see the division. Like you could see that, okay, there's only one side here being taught. Not like it, it, it it's not. And I hate to say it like that, but I mean, it was, I mean, it was written on the walls. It was thrown in your face. It was here. It was there. And it's like, you know, you're making, you're making these children feel bad for something that first off, you don't even have the facts straight about second off, they have nothing to do with it. And you're breeding hatred in other people, you know, like you wonder why we're behind. And that's because the teacher, and this is my opinion, so because the teachers nowadays, they're more concerned about teaching you that it's okay that they are 
they were a man and now they're a woman or they were a woman and now they're a man so they're teaching they're telling you about their personal issues and this and that or they're 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 taking history and they're they're clipping it they're they're it's like let me cut this paste it here cut this paste this here and you're not getting the full narrative and then they're saying hey you should not like that person because the color of their skin they did this when really they don't have the facts straight. Well, I think a great example of what's going on in our public schools is if you go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash SC Freedom Caucus, uh, and look at the videos that we've posted, um, we received a, a uh, video from a whistleblower mm-hmm. um, that shows how critical race theory-derived ideas are being implemented in our classroom. Um, this was a lady who worked for a company called EL Education. She mm-hmm. was speaking with a... Uh, a soon-to-be teacher, um, and she talks about how they have uh, co-conspirators inside the classroom that are willing to to break the law um, to to teach critical race theory-derived ideas. <laughs> um, you know, we we've had a number of parents show us things from everything of um, uh, books by Abraham Kendi being taught in their classroom. And of course, Kendi's the leading critical race theorist in, in America. Mm-hmm. Um, his term anti-racism calls for current present day discrimination, uh, to make up for historical wrongdoings. Um, who, and, and I don't mean to cut you off, but like who, when they say historical wrongdoings, are they talking about their own continent? Not, not America because it, nothing happened here. And then a lot of things that are left out, and this is historic facts right here, a lot of the people that they include in that were Native Americans. You know, so the numbers are way off. If I'm not mistaken, the last time I checked, it was only 8%. 8% of people that were argued, that were brought in slavery. Right. So, I look, there, there's no question that... that, that... The history of slavery is a stain on on America. Well, it, it, the world, the world, not absolutely. not America, because I mean, no, my, I, I, my ancestors, right. Scandinavians, they fought against English. I mean, English enslaved people, Indians did. If you were a baby, you were killed because they couldn't they couldn't handle a baby. A female pregnant, you were killed because they they just didn't do it. The only people that would make it was males in between eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old. And especially with the Comanche, like they would sit there to build their tribe up and they were, that's been a part of history. It didn't matter who you were, who you were. Yeah. So the history of, of, of slavery worldwide uh, is very complex with, with often um, tribes winning and fighting and mm-hmm. then, and then enslaving the, the tribe that they just defeated in battle, yep. uh, et cetera. Right. With very little respect to, um, uh, to race or gender, but more respect based on geographical or tribal alliances, right? Exactly. So, so the, the worldwide history of slavery uh, obviously needs to be get, condemned, and, and including modern day slavery that we have. But, but in, oh yeah, because it's a, even it's worse now than it was way back. Well, then. particularly in America, why it's a stain on America is because it runs a front to our constitution, right? Mm-hmm. That all men are created equal. Yes. So, so when I say it, it is a it is a stain uh, on our history, I'm specifically talking about because. That did not live up to the ideals of the Constitution and the, uh, okay. and the Declaration of Independence. I agree right? with that, yeah. Um, which is what we should continue to strive for, right? Mm-hmm. I, I still don't think that we are living up to the ideals of the Constitution um, I, because no, I government getting... violates the Constitution nearly every day. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, has there been historical injustices in America? Yes. Is there 
present day racism in America? Yes. But the idea that the entire society of America uh, is solely exist to uh, perpetuate racism is false, mm-hmm. right? America is the most freest, most generous country in the entire world that has done more to lift up everybody, everybody. regardless of color For or sure. creed yes. than any other country in the history of, of mankind. That's it. Um, that's and, why I don't see the oppression. And and that's I what should be don't. taught is that, that because of America, more people are out of poverty today than ever before. Oh, for sure. Because of America, people's life expectancy is more than ever before. Look how many millionaires are are in America. Right. You know, so if you're so oppressed, but you're living in a gated community with a $1.2 million home, even when people advocated against, you know, and I'm going to use uh, BLM, advocated for certain things, but yet none of the money went to the communities that they were in, they were destroying. None of that happened. And then I don't know how many charges has been, has been filed. People donated their money thinking that they were donating it for a cause when yet all they did was go in and, 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 and ruin neighborhoods, burn buildings down. None of that money went to rebuilding this. None of that money went to do this or to, to fix the community, to educate this or to rec centers, whatever it was. But yet they would go and they would, move out of the neighborhood that they said they were there protecting and they were in a gated community. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, the BLM organization, uh, obviously it's a big fraud. That's uh, all it is. hundred percent. percent. George Soros. It all goes back to him. There's right. always a trail, right? Always well, a trail. Look, we, we need to change our classrooms from being mouthpieces of the left. Yep. Right. And, and there, and there's a pipeline of indoctrination. You know, you, you go to the University of South Carolina um, teacher program, mm-hmm. whatever you college of education, I guess is what they call it. Um, you're taught how to inject critical race theory derived ideas. You get to the classroom. Are you serious? So that's another video on our Facebook page that you can look at. Um, a, a teacher candidate tells us all about his experience in the program and how uh, uh, they were taught specifically, um, you know, how to, to interject these ideas into the classroom to, to young children. Um, so no one objects to teaching history, right? No one objects to teaching about slavery and the civil war and Jim Crow and all that, because, um, it it is a part of our history, Mm -hmm. uh, a part of our history that we should learn from and and realize that it didn't live up to the ideals of the constitution and Mm -hmm. how to get better. But what we object to is, is the idea that uh, our, our teaching that one should look at all of America through the, the, the lens of race mm-hmm. that um, because of one's skin color, that there is something inherently different about them or inferior or superior That's because right. of one's gender. There's something inferior or superior, but that is not the case, right? right. Um, what we should be teaching is that again, uh, America has done more um, for, for people across the globe, uh, not just here in America, but across oh, yeah, the globe than any other country in, in human history. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, our founding documents, while we might not have always lived up to them, we should strive to live up to them. That's right. Um, and, and continually get better because all men are created or equal with certain inalienable rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we find those rights uh, not only listed some in the Declaration, but our Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Uh, again, those are those are rights given to us by God, not by man. The the Constitution simply codifies them uh, into law. And it's the government's job to protect those rights, not to restrain them. There you go. Um, so we got a big problem in education. ESAs 
uh, or PACE or, or whichever program that would allow you to take your money to a learning environment of your choosing would go a long way in, in helping the education system mm-hmm. and breaking that, that pipeline of indoctrination. Um, so I hope we can get that done, and I, I hope we can get a, a robust bill uh, sent to the governor and signed by the governor, not one that plays around on the edges. There you go. And, and speaking of PACE, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people talk about it. You know, um, last year I was given a, a comparison sheet, PACE versus ESA, and there were some things that I liked, you know, about about both. To tell you the truth, I can see some in one, and then I could see some in, in PACE. And that is a huge, from what I see, a huge debate between a lot of the people in South Carolina, PACE or ESA, PACE right. or ESA, and... um Ultimately, what I gather is the governments, they, they want the governments out of everything. You, you know, get the government shouldn't be involved in school. They, they shouldn't tell, you know, uh, people, okay, your kid has to do this, this, and this in school. It, it should be up to the school, the districts, the superintendents, the superintendent of education. They all work together, and they, they get a platform, and they implement it. So with ESA and and PACE, again, that's coming up, what, next week? I think next week is, yeah. Well, uh, ESAs is what came over from the Senate. Okay. Um, I'm probably impartial to to PACE, but um, whatever can achieve breaking the the stranglehold on uh, the far left in education and whatever can give parents – uh, the ability to to send a child to the learning environment of choosing, yeah, uh, I will support. Now, I, I do think what currently came over from the Senate can be improved. There you go. Um, uh, you know what we don't want to do is tell parents who homeschool, like yourself, or private schools, um, you know, throughout the particularly religious private schools throughout the state, that hey, if if you accept any student with pace, now you have to teach. You know that men can become pregnant, right? Like that's what we want to avoid. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. Well, um, men can't become. No, pregnant. they can't. They Absolutely, can't. they can't. Yeah, you, but, you know, and that's the thing. But I think the 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 federal Department of Education would tell you something different right now, right? You see, that's so, why we're so behind, RJ. Well, that's why we don't need strings attached to this funding because uh, if you're a a Christian parent who wants to homeschool your child, you shouldn't have you shouldn't be mandated by the government to teach something in which you you fundamentally believe not to be true or mm-hmm. that that is scientifically not true either. Uh, or that goes against your religious values, whatever it may be. Um, so we have to ensure that we protect uh, our, our moms and dads and their religious beliefs, and then also our institutions um, from from being forced to do something that they that would violate their conscience. Yeah, and and you know I I, I want to say this that and it goes back to what I said earlier. People are you know teachers they're they're literally trying to put their instead of actually teaching cursive which they don't do which is is mind-boggling to me because how are they going to sign a college application your signature is unique to who you are as a person just like your thumbprints your fingerprints whatever that that's yours right so you can't sign a check you 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 can't sign anything that's why it says print and it says signature when they took cursive handwriting out of schools i'm like why would you do that it taps into the creative side the artistic side of one's brain but we, we won't teach them how to, you know, write in cursive, 
or we won't teach accurate history or math or whatever, but we will tell them that a man can have a baby. Right. And I don't care who you are, doctors, professors. I think that's the problem to professors. You know, they, a lot of those need to be fired, period. And <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's my opinion. But I, I sit here and, and we can do the numbers. We can crunch it and compare it against other countries and see where we stack up on an education level. You know, and, and it's mind-blowing when you see that. Well, we used to be number one in the world in everything. Mathematics, science, yeah. you know, you name it. Um, not so much anymore. No, it's it's not because we're too worried about doing that. And, and if anyone that's listening to this or sees this can explain to me, I don't care. You can have a change. Be who you want to be. That's the best part about America. Be who you want to be, right? Yep. But because you want to be something, don't shove it down my throat. If I disagree with it, don't sit there and tell me that I'm wrong because I have a different opinion. Don't tell me that I have to accept this because you say so. I have to do. I have to sit here and accept the fact that you're telling people that uh, a, a woman can be a man and a man can be a woman. D do what you got to do. You have to live with that, not me, not me nor my family. So don't tell me that we're wrong or where whatever you know these god-awful names because we don't agree with your ideology like don't that's that's not yeah, right and your so, your liberty ends where my nose begins there you go and the thing is is it, it's like the pot calling the kettle black they're trying to say and when i say they i mean the ones that try to force their way of life on you you know like do you see me as an avid gun collector entrepreneur heterosexual man running and blocking traffic and running parades and stuff like that and again to each his own do what you want to do but let me get to work you know like do what you want to do right but don't force everyone else to partake in what you want to do i don't have to do that i don't have to believe in that but again it's hypocritical because it's like they're they're doing the same thing that they say they're against because they're forcing their opinion and their way of life on other people. That's not how it should be. You know, the moment that we took God out of schools, it opened the door for the devil to come in. And that's always been my thought. You know, every morning we get up, we say the Pledge of Allegiance to our flag, the United States of America. Something that we are willing to fight and die for. Something that we stand for. We took it out. Because why? It offends certain people. This did, is America. Did you see the uh, the meeting of the judiciary in Washington, I think, two days ago on the first? Representative Gates from Florida um, put an amendment in the judiciary rules package that said the uh, they, they would start each judiciary meeting with the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I read about it. I didn't see <laughs> and it. Yeah. the Democratic members of the committee flipped out i could i mean but but why though right you see what i'm saying why like this is america that is our flag our flag is flown around the world as a beacon of hope and freedom you know you have other countries that would love to have the freedom that we have here in america that's why so many people try to get here every single year you know every day i mean <laughs> illegal <laughs> come on you know it, it's it, it's a shame, but in, in my thought on that is you're coming to our country, right? This is our flag. This is our belief. I'm not taking it out of any classroom. 
and the president should like that should have never been allowed to happen should have never been allowed to happen prayer in school right yep we've always we always said a prayer every morning after we did our pledge we did the prayer all right and then now prayer is taken out now you can have a moment of silence because it offends people but well, the, these are part of the principles that America was founded on. Unfortunately, um, folks are are praying in school, um, but but they're not praying to to our Creator. What they're praying to is is the far left and government a lot of times, uh, which gets us in in trouble. Yeah. Right? Um, they they have idolized, and by they I mean members of the far left uh, have idolized. Um, Everything that that is everything that is wrong with uh, where we are today, right? They've idolized this idea of uh, far woke leftism. They've idolized the idea of um, you know saying saying two plus two doesn't equal four, right? Uh, they've idolized the idea that's that, a good book. That, that two plus two equals five. Yeah, they, they have idolized the idea that men can become women and men can become pregnant and women can become men, and um, uh, it it's just not true scientifically, culturally, morally, ethically. Um, but but the argument easily breaks down when when you their argument easily breaks down when you face it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that we don't have a lot of people who want to face it. That's right. Because because of fear of retribution, fair. fear of getting canceled, fear exactly. of whatever. Um, and 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 that's why you know to take it back to the state house that that we have we have allies mm-hmm. that that vote with us um, and, and we appreciate them when they do, but but not everybody wants to be a member of the Freedom Caucus because uh, we do take hard stands right like mm-hmm. like we didn't know how it was going to shake out when we sued uh, school districts for teaching critical race theory derived ideas we didn't know how it was going to shake out when we called MUSC to task for you know providing four year olds with harmful life altering medication four year old the youngest four years old were, were going through their oh, wow. their transgender clinic doors um four years old they don't even know right they don't know at four years old they don't know nothing you know science has proven our brain doesn't fully develop until we're 25 right right now, i mean i got a four-year-old and the only thing he's concerned about is you know for the past week is building forts when he comes home after school there you I, go i could never imagine I mean, taking him through uh, to a pediatric transgender clinic to put my four-year-old son on puberty blockers or hormones that would affect him for the rest of his life. And that's, that's insane. At some point that should be child abuse uh, to the, it against is. the parent. I mean, it, I mean, it should be legally, but, but, legally, but it is child it abuse. Should. Yeah. It, it, it should. The parent should be prosecuted for that. Right. I mean, because they're the ones making the decision, not 100%. no four-year-old. Right. I mean, you can't tell me a twelve-year-old can't, in good conscience, make a decision like that. A fifteen-year-old, in good conscience, can't make a decision like that because they're getting so much information thrown at them. Boom, boom, boom. They can't process that. They well, don't know. We, and we then, tell them they can't get tattoos. We tell them they can't drive. We tell them they can't uh, do all this other sort of stuff until you reach the age of eighteen or twenty-one in some circumstances. Yeah. Uh, but that, you know, as a four-year-old, you can you can go take puberty blockers and hormone treatment therapy um uh or for that matter you know have a permanent sex change mm. um but like i said luckily uh luckily we were able to to uh, pass a budget proviso last year we were able to 
uh, get MUSC to shut down their clinic. And hopefully this year we will pass into permanent law, um, uh, a law that would prohibit such activities from going on. There you go, man. That's, that's good stuff. I just, it's, 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 it's sad that we are even having to fight these kind of battles when there's, there's other stuff that we could be doing. You, you know, there's 22 vets a day that kill themselves here in America, 22 vets a day. But yet we're funding and, and, and this is something I still can't wrap my mind around, you know, as as the vice president, Biden, him and his son were entangled in Ukraine, all this and that, you know, making money, unqualified, millions and millions. It, the audio tape of him saying that he was going to pull that he didn't need the president's permission. He could make that happen. Right. He takes office. And now we're constantly sending billions and billions they make a public announcement. We're not going to send tanks. They right beside Germany made a, a news announcement. We're not sending tanks over there. Less than a week, I believe. Now we're sending advanced Abram tanks. Well, our like, tanks should on. be going to the southern border. Not you know, to, thank you. Not to thank Ukraine. you. Exactly right. But again, what that that trip that did that trip he made to the border that that was nothing but a photo op. That was a photo op. He knows what's going on. I mean, he orchestrates this. It, it, it starts from the top and goes down. He, he can't sit there and say he doesn't know about this. You know, we just passed a, a fentanyl bill. Thank you all for uh, that, too. A day or two yes. ago. And it, it's not the best bill, right? Um, I think it could be improved. Perhaps the Senate will. Um, but one of the big problems with fentanyl is our Southern border, mm -hmm. right? And all yep. of it coming in through Mexico Yep. and whether that's originating in China and then going to South America, Central American up through the United States or are being produced in, in Central American coming up. But, um, because one of the largest manufacturers of that is China. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if we want to get serious on fentanyl, that means shutting down the Southern border. There you go. Um, it, it means again, sending resources to, to our border as opposed to another border, you know, thousands of miles away um but i do think we can walk and chew gum at the same time oh right? for sure um, well but but unfortunately uh the biden administration has has chosen that it's advantageous for them to to have an open border um and now and you have cartel members in california yeah and regardless of how many americans die right i mean because because an open border leads directly to american deaths whether it's through literal physical violence 100 percent, or through you know, fentanyl being shipped throughout the United States and people mm -hmm. overdosing. So, yeah. um, well, there's been quite a few in, in Fairfield, right? Fentanyl, whether they knew they were getting it, but it was laced in their stuff, right? Friends that I had when we were teenagers, you know, and obviously, as we grew older, we, we chose different paths, you know, and so, but nevertheless, I still had love for them, and in a year and a half. I want to say five that I buried. Some of them were a month or so apart. And it's just like, are you serious? Fentanyl, smallest little piece. And like, it's so powerful, so strong. It kills you. And that should be, that should be top of their list. Not, not another 1.2 billion 
dollars of aid to Ukraine. And I get it. I, I totally get it. But once we reach a certain level, it has to be a cutoff limit. And that should be with anything. It's like, look, we've given you enough. You guys, it's time for Europe to step in, do what they do. You know, and I understand Russia isn't the best agricultural place ever. So that's why they, they Ukraine, you know, it's like, okay, we could take this over. What happens if they succeed? Then Poland is next. You know? Yeah, I, I get the geopolitical um, uh, layout of uh, uh, of the world, right? I have a master's degree in international security and diplomacy from Tel Aviv University. So, so I'm not ignorant on the geopolitical upsides and downsides of supporting Ukraine in a war against Russia. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, my priority is and, and has always will be my constituents. Like I think the president's priority should always be, regardless of who's in the office, the American citizens. America first, um, yeah. And unfortunately, we just don't see that in this president. Mm -mm. Well, and I think that's why I think people, uh, and this is, again, this is me, but I think that that's why so many people respect you because from what I've seen since I've known you, you know, and it's, it's, it's been a couple years, you know, so I, there's many others that know you better than me, but I'm just saying what I've observed and what I've seen, you, you, you're pretty straightforward and you do, like you said, your constituents, those are the ones that put you where you are. So you have upheld your oath to them, your promises to them, and you fight every day to make sure that you do that. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, seriously. I mean, that's 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 important. And 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 when you said that, like that, a never a uh, truer statement's never been said. So I seriously, sincerely appreciate that. And that's what makes a, a good and true leader, right there. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, one of the, uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be a compliment, but um, uh, an individual that I, I will not name um, said, you know, RJ, I like you because, um, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I apologize if I don't get the quote right. He said, but uh, maybe not, I like you. Maybe you're okay because um, you don't stab people in the back, you stab them in the front. Um, and I don't know if that was supposed to be a compliment, but I took it as one because. Um, hey. That's, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you, there you go. if I don't agree with your bill or your position on something, and I'm going to tell you that, oh, so I'm going to move to amend it, or I'm going to you know, do whatever, or I'm going to be publicly opposed to it, and I'm going to tell you that, and I'm going to follow through with it. Uh, what I'm not going to do is you know, try to play these sneaky little games behind you mm -hmm. and, and lie to your face and tell you, oh, yeah, I think this is great, and then you know, try and tank you in the back, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I'll be honest and upfront and straight with you because I think that's what not only you deserve, but what my constituents deserve is, is someone who will say what they mean, mean what they say, follow through and do it. There you um, go. And, and, and I hope I have uh, made them proud in Columbia. I hope that I've represented them well. Um, and, and of course my office is always open to them uh, for, for anything, regardless if we agree on an issue or not. Um, and, and I've engaged in pl plenty of conversation with my constituents where they've wanted me to take a stand that was opposite of what uh, I believed, but but I think the majority of my district believes. Um, and I always have those conversations. I, I, mm -hmm. I never push them off and say, you know, oh, I'll look into that, right? Uh, for example, during the abortion debate, plenty of emails came through about, hey, you need to um, kill this bill and and – quote unquote, protect abortion rights. Um, and instead of writing back, like I know many members do, Hey, thank you for your email. See you later. Yeah. Uh, I, I would write back. I believe life begins at conception. 
if you want to have a conversation on why, let's talk about it. And sometimes we would engage in it, and, yeah. and I'd see where they come from, and they see where I come from, and we just agree. But at the end of the day, we had that conversation like adults. Yep. They knew where I was. Um, uh, and, I, and I think a lot of times they – they're glad that they can engage with their representative, even if they don't agree with them. Mm -hmm. And that's important. That's important. I said that earlier, you know, we should all be able, whether we agree or disagree, especially if we disagree, you know, those, in my opinion, those disagreements, that's where some of the best stuff happens right? because you're able to sit down in a room like adults, talk about it, whether it's, whether it's in a room, whether it's zoom, it doesn't matter what it is, but you're able to sit down address it both sides speak their piece say what they believe what they don't believe what they like what they dislike and either you come to an agreement or you respectfully agree to disagree but both sides was heard and I, i'm willing to bet out of my experience there's there was respect earned from both both sides right there so unfortunately in colombia though um disagreement often equates with uh, disrespect or, or people view it that way. Mm. That if you disagree with my bill and you want to amend it or you disagree with my position or how we should move forward, um, they automatically jump to the idea that this is somehow disrespectful. This is somehow breaking quorum or protocol, mm. right? When, when in reality, I think our founders set up the system where it is supposed to be slow. It is supposed to be very deliberate. There are supposed to be factions that are in disagreement with each other um, uh, to ensure that the system does move slow. Because when we're an autopilot in Colombia and mm -hmm. we're just passing stuff left and right, um, you are losing a little bit of freedom or you're losing a little bit of money with literally every piece of legislation that we pass. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, unfortunately, again, the, the culture in Colombia is that disagreement um, uh, it equates disrespect. And I think that's something that we need to change. Yeah, for um, sure. Because, because that's not always the case. No, it's not. Um, uh, often it's never the case, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, I, I disagree with many of people, um, uh, particularly on the left, but, but even in my own party, um, uh, for example, constitutional carry. I thought the open carry with training law was a big nothing burger, right? Because essentially it was between wearing a jacket and not wearing a jacket. Like it, mm. it, is that – is that an actual step forward in, in protecting our second amendment rights? Like in the grand scheme of things, I didn't think so. So well, putting it like that, it's actually not right. So, so I was a, a fan of constitutional carry, had an opportunity to amend it constitutional carry to vote on constitutional carry. I was going to take that opportunity. Um, and, and by doing that, I think many people in Columbia felt that that was disrespectful somehow. Right. Because how dare you? We've all air quotes agreed to only do constitutional carry. How dare you how, or only do open carry? How dare you uh, disrespect us again, air quotes, by pushing for constitutional carry? And, uh, you know, that's that's just the culture there. And, and it needs to change. I think it is changing slowly. I think the Freedom Caucus is going to go a long way in changing it and, and returning the people's house back to the people. Because right now it's the House of Special Interests and the House of po Powerful Politicians. Amen. Um, I, I, yeah, and I seen that just sitting in session the other day yeah. with you guys. Yeah, so it, it, it kind of surprised me. You know, I was like, whoa, okay, yeah. yeah. So I see that if it doesn't benefit 
again, personal interest, not people's interest, the people's interest, but personal interest, then so it just, it just wasn't, wasn't happening. Right. But when you sat there, and, and so for some of the viewers that, that, that are listening, when you said your, your constitutional carry, and then what was it open carry? Yeah. So break that down, if you will, the difference between the two. Yeah, and this might have to be the the, the last thing we talk about. I've uh, I've got my father coming in today to watch my uh, son's final basketball game of the year. Oh, uh, Lord, so yeah. it's his first year playing basketball. My son, um, so Grandpa's coming into town to to take a peek, and I've got I've got chores to do and grocery shopping to do before he gets there. Yeah, but man. so you know, constitutional carry is the idea that that the Second Amendment mm-hmm. um, uh, is your permit to carry, right? That uh, if you are a law-abiding citizen. Uh, the Constitution says you have a right to bear arms that shall not be infringed, mm-hmm. uh, and and you are allowed to carry open carry, concealed carry, however you want. Um, as long as you have a permit. No constitutional carry. Just whenever. Yep. Gotcha. Now, if, now, if you can't legally buy a firearm, mm-hmm. then you can't carry. That's right. Obviously, right. Uh, if you're a felon, that's you can't a felon. Carry, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but but if you are legally allowed to own and buy a firearm, um, then you can you can carry your weapon. Um, how I think the the founding fathers intended it to be, right? That shall not be infringed. There you go. Uh, yeah. Open carry would say you still got to ask the government for permission to carry a weapon. Now you just get to, you don't have to hide it behind a jacket or a piece of clothing. Yeah. Um, so you know you'd, you'd have to again beg the government, petition the government to fully exercise your Second Amendment right, with the possibility of being denied. Mm. Um, you have to pay a fee to exercise. Um, a, a constitutional right now in, in the open carry with training law um uh, if i if i recall correctly we did remove the fee um but you would still have to petition the government um you'd have to go through government mandated training um you'd have to uh, uh jump through hoops to exercise your second amendment rights and, and if we look at it as the first amendment like if you had to go get a permit every time you talked mm-hmm. i don't think that would fly right right like yeah. um so you, you're telling me I need a permit for the Second Amendment, but not the First Amendment. Um, it doesn't doesn't jive with uh, uh, with my idea of what um, a fundamental right is. So so I support constitutional carry. Have and always will support constitutional carry. Uh, and hopefully we can pass it this year. There's there's a bill right now with 60 co-sponsors. Um, so we'll see we'll see what happens if it passes the House and passes the Senate. But uh, I think it would go a long way in fully restoring law-abiding citizens' right to protect themselves and their families and others. I love it, man. Sounds good. Well, before you head out, is there anything that you want to say to your constituents? No, just it. it well, it, it is an honor to serve them in Columbia. Um, you know, my Facebook page is Facebook uh, Facebook dot com slash vote rj may. Mm-hmm. My email is vote rj may at gmail dot com. Uh, you can reach me there, um, and, and then of course I'd encourage you to visit. Uh, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus page, facebook.com slash SC Freedom Caucus mm-hmm. or SC Freedom Caucus dot com. Uh, sign up for our updates. You know, we try to send out uh, weekly or biweekly newsletters to let you know what's going on in the house and, and, and the progress we've made. Um, but it's an honor to, to serve the people of Lexington County, District 88. And um, we're going to keep at it. That's awesome, man. And, and, and what I'll do is I'll take those links and, and everything and I'll put them out so you guys can have them. You know, if you, if you catch it, write it down. If not, the links will be in the description. Click on it 
and and again i highly recommend you you checking them out but rj representative i i really do appreciate you coming by and taking the time like you say especially with with everything you have going on today i know it's your day off and and stuff like that so it, it was is very much appreciated never a day off by, man yeah. <laughs> never a day off. yeah but i i do man and and, and i enjoyed having you on well thank you very yeah. much appreciate it thank you sir yep. all right guys that was representative rj may the co-chair vice chair of the south carolina freedom caucus House of Representative Members, District 88, and uh, we're going to pin everything, the the website, the Facebook, everything to the description. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and thank you once again, South Carolina. Be safe. God bless. Have a great day. This episode was brought to you by Peaks Production. If you guys like what you hear, go ahead and hit that support button. You can make a small donation or you can set up to do monthly payments from $2.99 all the way to $9.99. The choice is up to you, but the support is greatly appreciated. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, like and share, and stay tuned for more.